July 17th on Worldwide Sports Network with Mr. Clarence Nixon. What's up, Clarence? Hey, man. How you doing today? Happy Friday. Happy Friday to everyone out there. Everybody remember, go and follow the Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore OH. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram with These Guys Know Sports. Clarence, how you doing today, bro? Man, I'm doing good, man. Uh, ready to talk some sports with you and get this weekend under control. For real, man. That's how was your week? Have we been good this week? Yeah, it's been good this week, man. Hey, before we do anything else, I want to be, I want to be, I want to get a big shout out to our to our own personal manager, our own business manager, Jordan, for appreciate for what she done for us and glad for her to be on board. I just want to give her a big shout out before we do the show, man. Yeah, definitely, man. We 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 will appreciate Jordan and what she brings to the table for wise guys, man. She does a lot of the behind the scenes work for us. And we really got to show her more gratitude and, and appreciation, man. One day, one day we got to bring Jordan on, man. And we got to bring yeah, one day. Just yeah. one day. One, one day. day yeah. One good topic. We yeah. can talk about tennis. If she yeah, it, it could be anything. It could be some political stuff because football. Yeah. You know, sports, sports, and fo- sports and politics go hand in hand in, in a way um, now, especially now in in the times that we're living in now. But definitely, man. Shout out to Jordan. We definitely Jordan, appreciate Jordan. Jordan, if you, I know you're listening, but sign up for the guest sheet. <laughs> Jordan for president. <laughs> Jordan for president. But everybody, we're going to have a big time show today. We're going to talk about Sixers head coach Brett Brown moving Ben Simmons to the power four spot. Also, we're going to talk about Russell Westbrook being ranked 22nd on Bleacher Reports, yeah. NBA, play, NBA best players list. Crazy. Those things we're going to get into. We got to start off in the NFL as NFL men released their ratings this week for the best players at their respective positions and their ratings so madden gave 99 overall rating to patrick mahomes but there was an interesting player that also received the 99 rating and that would be michael thomas so that's where we begin the show today clarence and the question here is do you believe that michael thomas deserves a 99 overall rating on madden yes Yes, Michael Thomas deserves a 99 overall rating on Madden. Let me tell you why. Because he was the best receiver last season. He was one of he was a big threat for the Saints. He broke Marvin Harrison reception record. And he, he almost could he could have broke Calvin Johnson uh most receiving yards in the season. Michael Thomas was definitely was on pace, man, to break a lot of good records that nobody don't ever wants to mention because it's still the respect for Julio, DeAndre Hopkins. You can even throw in Odell Beckham and AJ when he's healthy, but we're not gonna get into that. But listen though, but listen to this, listen though, Trey. You gotta be, you gotta give him his props because for, for him, 
he was the only legitimate threat on that Saints offense, regardless of Alvin Kamara cup catching out the backfield. He wasn't more reliable than Michael Thomas. And everybody always mentioned like, oh, he does a lot of short routes. He he, he catch all the balls in short routes, but at the same time, this guy, you can line him up anywhere and he can do any route that you give him, man. And he's definitely well, should be well deserved to be one of the best receivers in the NFL. I give you this though. I'm not saying he's gonna he gonna like repeat the last type of statistics as he did last year, but it's gonna be something to similar to them numbers around similar to, to them numbers. Like I can dig up 110 catches over 1400 yards, at least 10 touchdowns. That's that's his mark right there. He's the third highest paid receiver in the NFL at, at currently right now. And if he being paid as the highest paid, he has to put put up these monster numbers. And I, I honestly believe he still can. He already had 473 yards in the first four years of the NFL. That broke the record that led with Chris McCaffrey, Odell Beckham, and one of the only, A.J. Green. That's just something brilliant right there. 4,000 receiving yards in, in the next four years. That's that's remarkable. That's remarkable. That's the fastest as, for any receiver, man. He's well he's well known as the best receiver in the league, Trey. He's not he the best receiver in the league. He's he not the best receiver. a 99 overall rating. He does not deserve a 99 overall rating. He's not the best receiver in the NFL. So you're wrong on both ends on that accord. But when I look at Michael Thomas, I will give him credit because he has – he had a good season last year, had 149 receptions, which was which was a record-breaking season for him. Nine touchdowns, over 1,700 receiving yards on the season, listed at 6'3", 212 pounds, receiver out of Ohio State. He's been a reliable target for Drew Brees, and he's a, he's a, he's a big-time target as well. He, he has a huge catch radius, and he can really position himself to, to get the football at his highest points. That's why I believe Drew Brees trusts him, you know, throwing him the ball and expecting Michael Thomas to come down with the football for the most part. And again, he's a three-time Pro Bowl receiver so far in his career. So he's accomplished some, some nice milestones in the sh short time he's been in the NFL. But do I believe he deserves a 99 overall rating on Madden? Absolutely not. Because I don't even believe he's the best receiver in the NFL. He is not, he's not, he doesn't have that breakaway speed that Odell Beckham has. He doesn't have that ability also to make plays in the big time moments, especially in the playoffs. Last year in the playoff game against the Minnesota Vikings, let me give you these statistical numbers for Michael Thomas. He had seven receptions for 70 receiving yards, no touchdowns. He was completely shut down last year by the Minnesota Vikings. And then the year previously, he had some nice numbers against the Philadelphia Eagles. In the, in the wild card matchup, 12 receptions, 171 yard, receiving yards, one touchdown. That was a good game. But the next exact week, going up against the Rams in the NFC Championship game, he had four receptions for just 36 receiving yards. He got shut down in the NFC Championship game in the 2018 season. Listen, do I think Michael Thomas is an elite receiver? I do believe he's an elite receiver. But do I believe he's better than Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, or Odell Beckham? I do not. I think he's more in that in that Devonte Adams, Michael, and that and that and that uh, Evans, you know, Amari Cooper. That's the players that I think he belongs on the most. Like I think he belongs with those players more so than Julio, DeAndre, and Odell. I think they're on another level. And I know everybody want to discredit Odell Beckham for the last few years because statistically he hasn't.
performed like we've seen in previous years. But we got to remember, situation matters. And let's not pretend like if Odell was in that system with Drew Brees and Sean Payton, that he wouldn't put up equivalent or even better numbers than Michael Thomas. I think Michael Thomas deserves to be in that Amari Cooper and that Mike Evans and that Devontae Adams what? conversation, but not with Od Odell, Julio, and, and, and DeAndre Hopkins. You, so you're telling me Amari Cooper, Mike Evans, and your your favorite receiver, Devontae Adams, will put up the crazy the numbers that Michael Thomas did in New Orleans? Yes. If Devontae oh, Adams, listen, no. if Devontae Adams, if Devontae Adams was in that system with Drew Brees and Sean Payton playing in that dome, it's going to increase your stats. You no. play, you play in a nice climate, you're going to throw the ball all over the field. It's not, you're not dealing with the conditions that Devontae is dealing with in Green Bay, where, you, where it's cold out. It, you, and, and guess what? Last year in the playoffs, Devontae balled out in the playoff game against the Seattle Seahawks. Did you remember? He balled out against their secondary, even though Seattle's secondary isn't that good. But I'm saying he hasn't – I believe Michael Thomas, he hasn't played well in the playoffs so far in his young career. Ridiculous, man. I, did you did you even forget about the NFC Championship when Diggs caught the touchdown, Pat? He had over 100 yards. He he actually gave him the go-ahead touchdown. See, I think you, you're pulling out the bag – trying to pull out some of the bad games that he had. But to be honest, the only bad game he, he had was against that Rams game, the NFC Championship game. Which when they shut him all out, they threw every double to him everywhere where he went. They had a safety on top of him. A linebacker was in the middle of him. So everywhere he did, like someone was extra there. But listen, here's the thing: for what Michael Thomas, what he brings to that same offense is a work a workhorse mentality. He's 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 reliable. He's durable. He's he's a freak of freak of beast man he's a freak he's a freak honestly man he's a freak like a freak of animal man he's 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 to that he's that type of receiver that he's he's built he's built like a like a like a um muscle man but he can move but he can move man i just feel like well michael thomas though well, what he did in these four year spans was something that was never done like like almost 500 catches in four years like that's that's very impressive, Trey. That's very impressive. He he passed your guy Odell Beckham, what like a hundred more catches over now. But like the things he the things he does on the field, man, that's reliable. He's reliable. And for Devontae Adams being in New in New Orleans, he wouldn't be that reliable because he what he has too many injuries, toe injuries, foot injuries, whatever, whatever injuries that he, he always have, Trey. I'm just but, don't understand how you trying to trying to say. These these receivers can do the same thing as Michael Thomas, but some of these receivers don't bring the don't bring the same skill set or trait as Michael Thomas bring. But but I I believe Devontae Adams is a better route runner than Michael Thomas. He I man, Devontae Adams is the best route runner in the NFL. Go run look it up. Run run he, after catch. I he, okay, so catch. okay, so even if we don't run after catch, Odell is better with yak, which is yards after catch, than Michael Thomas is. Like, Odell is a home run hitter. Odell is significantly better than Michael Thomas. I hate when people try to act like my Odell isn't he, very good anymore. Like, y'all act like y'all disrespect Odell Beckham. Like, Odell is not no, a top five receiver. You can't, nobody's not disrespecting Odell at the same time. You can't, okay, Michael Thomas is a good route runner. He got great hands and he could, he, he take a lot of hits and he could do almost any route that you tell him to do. There are certain receivers that can't do every, every route. Like, Devontae Adams, he, like he is a like you said yards after the catch, so more likely he's he's basically taking a deep shot or or deep post, man. For Odell, I give you that. He is, he, 
Odell is a talented receiver. He honestly, if if he would have had an okay season in Cleveland, I still would have considered him that. But at the same time, that derailed his season, that derailed his like his reputation, though. Like, because he got a big ego and he didn't produce well with Cleveland, even though they was favored to go to the Super Bowl or at least make But the you don't get to do that, Clarence. Don't do that. You don't get to do that. No, but let me no, but that's not that's not right because we know football, right. because we know receiver is a dependent position. You have to have other things that go right for you to get the football. And last year, there was numerous other things that we talked about with the Browns that they had issues with before we even got to Odell. They had issues with coaching with Freddie Kitchens. They had issues at quarterback with Baker before Mayfield. Before the season? We talk, we, is, did they have all them problems before the season? Before the season? I'm talking to pressure. I'm, what look, do you mean before the season? What are you talking about? I'm saying this. Did, did Freddie Kitchens, Odell face all these problems that they have in the season before? I'm talking about during the season of production last year. Odell Beckham had 74 receptions, over 1,000 receiving, over 1,000 receiving yards, just four touchdowns. He has, he still had over 1,000 yards receiving, and that was a down year for Odell. And that was with all the chaos that was going on in the Cleveland Browns organization. What I'm saying is, we can't sit up here and act like the situation don't matter. And you are, I don't know what you're watching, and you delusional if you believe Michael Thomas is overall better talent than Odell. I'm gonna say this. AJ Green. Okay. The Bengals is five and twenty-seven and one without AJ Green. They are they are five and twenty twenty five and twenty-one. No, five and twenty-seven and one without AJ Green, man. He makes that he makes that team better because what he brings to the table and what he can do for for Michael Thomas. He he helped turn that Saints offense all the way up. Because they didn't at the in the years years before he was drafted, they didn't have a reliable receiver. Michael Colston, Marcus Colston was coming to his age years. He retired early. They didn't have no reliable receiver. They didn't have no other receiver but him. Now, now they got Emmanuel Sanders will make will make it even more better because he could he could he could be a decoy and Michael Thomas and still get his. Oh, so it's gonna be very interesting for Odell. Jarvis Landry was the best receiver on that team. And everybody knows that Odell is better than Jarvis, but Jarvis is still good. He's a top number two receiver in the NFL. I'm going to just give you that. But Michael Thomas is legit, bro. 100. I'm not saying he's not legit. I'm just saying there's levels to this. And I don't think he is on Julio, Odell, or DeAndre Hopkins level. I think he's more, I think he's more so closer to Amari Cooper. To, to Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. I think he's on that level more so than, than, than four, DeAndre Odell and Julio. Four straight seasons with at least 90 catches and eleven and at least 1,000 yards and over five touchdowns. you telling me that's not good enough for him to be on the level as Julio? But let me, let me say something. Let me, let, me give, let, me give, let me give you some pushback on that because we like basketball to love our NBA. If it's a player that is a high-volume player and, he's, and his shot attempts is high, He's going to average at least 20 to 25 points per game. If a player is shooting majority of the shots and he's getting all of the touches and he's a number one option on a, on a basketball team, guess what? More than likely his points per game average will go up. What I'm saying is Michael Thomas is in a situation where the, Drew Brees and Sean Payton, they force feed him the football because he is the best receiver on that team and he's reliable. I'm not saying he's not elite. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to be in the conversations as being one of the elite receivers that we have in the NFL. But I think it's levels to this. I think Odell, Julio, and DeAndre Hopkins are more proven 
than Michael Thomas. I got to see more from Michael Thomas in the playoffs. And the how, is, how is DeAndre Hopkins and and and, and Julio is pulling? Well, DeAndre Hopkins, he never he never made he's never made the uh, the, the uh, AFC Conference Championship ever in his career. So That's he never not made his fault. No, 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 no. I'm just saying. I'm just so, saying. Oh no. So situation don't matter. Situation don't matter. Okay. Huh? Okay. okay, here's this. Michael Thomas is on a streak. Four straight four straight years with a th- at least a thousand yards. He ain't had nothing a thousand yards under. Not even once. Not even once. Not even once. So I'm, I, I, he's definitely top three receiver in the league. Top five. Odell's a top five receiver too, but Odell's not better than Michael Thomas. Okay, let's go, let's go to the next question. So I'm assuming that you believe Michael Thomas is the best receiver in the NFL. Is that true? That's the that's that was the next question. Is Michael Thomas currently the best receiver in the NFL? Yeah, I believe it. I think he's currently the best receiver in the NFL, man. I think I truly believe it. But don't get me wrong, Julio is a monster. He had 99 catches, 99 catches, 1300 receiving yards, only four touchdowns. D. Hopkins had almost 100. 100 catches on what 1400 receiving yard he the hop is proven but for michael thomas he's right there with them with those guys right there with those guys the production is he's never giving you low production he's always giving you the productive that they want from him so i i, I just consider it so so when we talk about playoff performances right yeah i told you i think Devontae adams has played better in the playoffs than Michael Thomas. So let me, let me give you some of these numbers. I Last disagree. year, hold on, Matt. How do you disagree? It, the number, statistics speak for itself. Last year in the playoffs, in the wild card game at Lambeau, Devontae Adams had eight receptions for 160 receiving yards and two touchdowns. And in the game where we got beat down in the Bay, Devontae Adams had nine receptions, 138 receiving yards against Garby. that. What do you mean? He's still, he's still produced, and that's the going up against the best defense in the NFL and the 49ers. Look, he did all that in garbage time. The game was already already gone, man. He did all that in garbage time, man. Listen, we, we can we this is an ongoing conversation, ongoing debate. We'll continue to debate this. Clarence yeah. believes that Michael Thomas is the best receiver in the NFL. I say no, and I also believe that Michael Thomas is more closer to Mike Evans, Amari Cooper. He's more in that conversation of receivers. More so than DeAndre Odell or Julio. That's that's Mike Evans. Favorite. Mike Evans is clearly better than Mari Cooper than and Devontae Adams. Like literally, he's better than how both. Is Mike of those. Evans better than Devontae? Why? How is he? Why do you keep on trying to disrespect my receiver? I'm not disrespecting your receiver, but you just said Mike. He's in that. He's in that lane with Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, and Devontae Adams. Mike Evans is better. Is better than Amari uh, Cooper. And Devontae Adams. He's been proven ever since he came into the league, man. He's not more since he, day he, one. He, he might be better than Amari Cooper, but he's not better than Devontae. Like, I don't get I don't understand why you believe Devontae is like not a top receiver in the field. He's a top 10. He's a top 10 receiver. He's probably eight or nine. No, he's, he's way higher than eight or nine. He's not no five, six, or seven. Stop the shenanigans, Clarence. He's way no better than eight or nine. Yeah. No shenanigans. He's he's not durable for the for the Packers team, which all these other receivers they are durable for their team. Regardless, Mike Evans never been to the playoffs in his career. He's been durable for his team for a previous a long time, and Devontae Adams he hasn't. 
I, I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I'm gonna say something. Everybody, remember going follow Wise Guys on Twitter at Wise Guys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And make sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram with these guys know sports. I'm thinking about Packers history, like all the receivers that Aaron Rodgers has played with throughout his career. I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say something that most people might not agree with. I think Devontae Adams is the best receiver that Aaron Rodgers has ever had in his career. Are I you serious? I, I would take Devontae over Jordy Nelson. I think he's more talented than Jordy Nelson. He's a better <laughs> route. He's a better route runner than Jordy Nelson. Yes. He also he you also is ridiculous. Is more, that's not ridiculous. You're, you're ridiculous. He's the so so who's better than Devontae? And throughout Aaron Rodgers' career, who's been the best receiver Devontae for Aaron Rodgers? Devontae's is number two. I'll give you that. But Jordy Nelson. Jordy Nelson was definitely reliable, and he was definitely effective for Aaron Rodgers. Jordy man. Nelson, Jordy Nelson was good, but Jordy Nelson—he's not a better route runner than Devontae Adams. Also, Devontae is one great better route runner. We talk about overall play. Jordy Nelson is better than was better than Aaron Rodgers. I mean, not Aaron Rodgers, but Devontae Adams. Excuse I me. always felt, I always felt like the reason why Jordy was successful the way he was was because he had Aaron Rodgers. If Devontae Adams went and played. If Devontae Adams went and played wow. for if he went and played for 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 for, for brisket or, or Kyler Murray or a rookie wow. quarterback, if he you can put Devontae on any team, and I think Devontae would produce. That's how great I, I think Devontae is. I can't, I can't I'm, not saying Devo, I'm not saying Devontae is the best receiver in the NFL. I just think Devontae oh, no. Adams, I think he's the oh, best, my. I think he's the best uh, receiver that Aaron Rodgers has ever played with. Randall Cobb is good, but Randall Cobb wasn't reliable. He was Randall always Cobb was injured. receiver. So we're not, I'm not even mentioning him. But you, to him to put Devontae Adams over Jordy Nelson is ridiculous, Trey. It's no. really ridiculous. You you need you need to go talk to a shrink, man. No, I think I need, I would take Devontae, but, let, but we got to move on. That was a nice conversation. We'll, we'll get more into that as the weeks go along. That's an ongoing debate. Let's move on to some NBA. Last week during an interview with Bleacher Report, J.J. Reddick was on Taylor Rook's show, and he said that LeBron James and Kevin Durant's decisions drew hate because of racism. Obviously, we're talking about when LeBron James chose to take his talents to South Beach and play with the Miami Heat, and Kevin Durant choosing to go play with the Warriors a few years ago. J.J. Reddick said that those free agent moves was a discomfort for most people because it was powerful black men making a decision for themselves. So do you believe, Clarence, that J.J. Reddick has a point? Yeah. Yes. Before, before, we, before I go on, everybody follow Wise Guys on Facebook. Instagram, these guys know sports, and Twitter, wise guys on the underscore oh. We are here now on a live on a worldwide sports radio network. JJ Reddick definitely has a point because I had to do my little research on this, like what he was meaning, and it all made sense. I just like when LeBron made the decision, I truly believe that he he set the tone for these young black black males and black athletes, like hey. If you want to win, if you want to win so bad, you got to do whatever it takes to win. You got to do whatever it takes to win. You got to find some way to win. And for, oh, excuse me. And for Kevin Durant, he just, he just, he just, he took it to a whole nother level. He basically said, hey, I'm going to be the villain and I'm going to, I don't care if I'm going to be the villain or not. I want to do whatever it takes to win. So he teamed up with the villain to get what he wanted. And LeBron James teamed up with the superheroes and got what he wanted. So you kind of get you kind of get that pattern. You kind of get that pattern though. Like they 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 basically found ways to win, and I think this was like this this isn't like effective about the racism because some people that that probably are racist, they they was like 
they was cool with LeBron entertaining them. And when they found out he was leaving, that's what their racism side came out. And, and it, it went bad. Like I read some old, old reports when he was, when he left and stuff, it was, it was bad, Trey. I, I would admit that. And it was, it was probably worse than KD's because for KD, people were just shocked. Like, oh, wow. Okay, see, they had they they had their rights to be mad. They did. They had their rights to be mad. But I just felt like for LeBron's, it was more racism towards his decision than KD's, though, because he he actually like he meant a lot to that Cleveland organization. Like KD did too, but he turned them into like like rags to riches. Like yeah, like but I, this definitely like made a discomfort though. It did though. And this set the tone for players to speak up, to speak up and speak their own, speak their own right. Like, hey man, if I don't get what I want, man, I'm leaving. And guess what? They can do that because they their value and their leverage was so big that the owner had to make a choice, make a choice. Like, so I think they really affected the the, the NBA a lot because you've seen that a lot when Paul George, <laughs> Paul George secretly decided to he wanted to get traded and go play with Kawhi Leonard. And him and Russell Westbrook had a discussion like, if we about to do that, we might as well separate. So he, they went their separate ways. I, I feel like it affected. So you, so you would say that 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 basically they they, they the decisions about LeBron James and Kevin Durant drew hate because of racism. You would say yes. Yeah, I disagree. I disagree. I don't think this had this had anything to do with racism. Like I, I want to say, I will say when it comes to LeBron James, I will give him credit from this standpoint. LeBron James started the whole player empowerment like he gave players the, the the he gave them the ability to feel like they, they they were they had the power and could control where they want to go and play so he started the whole player empowerment movement and i give him a ton of credit for that because back in the day like basically it was the organizations and the teams that dictated where players played at now players can make decisions and, and do things for their families on their own they don't need, necessarily need the organization to make those decisions for them. That's why you see a lot of players signing these two or three year contracts, not five or six year contracts, because they want to be able to have the ability to maneuver or get out of a certain situation because they want to win championships. So I completely give all the credit to LeBron James for starting the player empowerment movement. But I disagree about it from the racism stamp angle with JJ Reddit. I just think people didn't like the fact that LeBron James and Kevin Durant change the entire complexion of the NBA and, and for, from a competition standpoint, especially Kevin Durant. <laughs> we'll get to Kevin Durant in a minute. But LeBron James, him taking his talents to South Beach to team up with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, I think people were more upset about the way LeBron went to, went to Miami, more so than the decision itself. I think the fact that he had a show aired on ESPN, the decision, and he told Cleveland that, hey, I'm leaving, I'm going down to South Beach to play with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, I think Cleveland fans had an issue with LeBron James going on, you know, on live on TV and saying what he said about going down there to play. I think that's what people issue more so than the decision itself. I think he should have informed Dan Gilbert or informed Cleveland fans in some kind of capacity that he was going down to Miami to play basketball. When it comes to Kevin Durant, I think basketball fans in the NBA, they were upset because Kevin Durant joining forces with the Golden State Warriors completely changed the landscape of the NBA. It made it unfair. It made it made it very predictable on who was going to win the NBA championship 
every single year when Kevin Durant was in Golden State. We knew the Warriors were going to be in the championship conversation. Although the Warriors were already in the championship conversation before Kevin Durant arrived in the Bay because they got to the finals in 2015 and 2016. But once Kevin Durant went to Golden State, the NBA became predictable. And that's what we love as, as NBA fans and really sports fans as a whole. We want things to not be predictable. We want to be caught off guard. We want it to be a surprise every now and then. I think that's the reason why really more so Kevin Durant's decision drew the hate that it drew was because Kevin Durant helped change the entire landscape of the NBA, not anything to do with racism. Specifically. I think, I think, I think you got to think about it though. Some fans, some fans going to be mad. They going to be angry and the racism, the racism will come out. It will come out a good, it'll come, it'll just come out eventually. Like, I just felt like that at some point that someone was mad that LeBron James left Cleveland and Kevin Durant left OKC, and they just and they the racism card just came out like, ah oh, man, just because they're angry, and I and like I believe people like some some people had their ways when they how they dealt with it, and the simple fact that it did happen, they ain't know how to deal with it. They didn't know how to deal with it. Like, but I think that's more because of the competition, Clarence. I don't think they really got anything to do with racism. I think this is a different. We can't use racism for everything. We see we got to can't we use gotta, race. You can't. You yeah, right. because because sometimes folks they get in this habit of always saying something has something to do with racism. Everything is not about racism. Let's stop yeah. that. Okay, we got to stop that as a society. Always blaming things on racism. I think this is just a situation where, as an NBA fan, we knew LeBron going down to team up with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. That was going to change the whole entire landscape for the Eastern Conference and the NBA because we knew the Miami Heat were going to be the favorites with three predominant All-Stars on their team. And we also knew Kevin Durant teaming up with the team that went to the finals and back-to-back seasons. We knew that the Golden State Warriors were going to be a force to be reckoned with, and they were going to be dominating the NBA as long as Kevin Durant was in Golden State. I think people were more so upset about the fact that they changed the landscape and the competition factor more so than it being a racism thing. I just think people wanted to, they don't like the fact that it's predictable. And these decisions by LeBron James and Kevin Durant gave us as sports fans an indication of what was going to happen once we got to the NBA season and also into the playoffs. Yeah, I think, I think though, but I also think, think that like when, when players are, when, when fans are not satisfied or not happy that their favorite player has been gone, the, the anger and the racism come out. It just comes out, like, it don't mean to be coming out, but it comes out because simple fact that they was raised on it and how they just, how they just reacted to it. But but now, like like you said, LeBron made the black empowerment move now. People, like, players are starting to take, take stand of it. Like, if I'm not satisfied here, I'm going to voice my opinion and I'm going to find a new home or we're we going to get a reconstruct a deal. I truly believe that. Yeah, everybody remember go follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H, also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. We live here on the Worldwide Sports Network. So, Clarence, let's shift gears back to some NFL. And let's talk about the Tennessee Titans. As the Tennessee Titans and Derrick Henry reached an agreement on a four-year, $50 million deal that includes a $25.5 million guarantee. So, my question for you is, do you do you agree with this contract that the Titans offered Derrick Henry? And do you believe he is worth getting $25 million guaranteed from the Titans? Um, 
first of all, I want a big shout out to Derrick Henry because he got the contract. He got him a he got him a contract extension. He got him a contract extension. He got paid. He got paid. Like I'm gonna yes. be honest. He got paid. Four years over 50 million dollars, 12 and a half million a year. That steals that puts him in the top five of the highest paid running back. Top five or top six. I, I gotta, I'm gonna just say, but I'm gonna just say this though. I'm I'm I like the deal. I like it. Do I think he's worth more? Oh, absolutely. But at the same time, though, you don't want to overpay a running back. That's always been the story. You don't want to overpay a running back. And I think for this value at $12.5 million, this is great. I Like, this is great for him. Now, like, this puts him in the in the highest paid running back market, and he can get more money if he keep, if he keep proceeding to do well. I mean, what, last year, 303 attempts? Only what, what, 1,500 rushing yards and 16 touchdowns, and he played 15, 15 out of 16 games. That's brilliant. He's he doing what he's supposed to do. And his four years, he he ain't only missed two two games over in the four years span. So he is he is a reliable back. He's more reliable, and I truly believe he's he's in line to get more money once once that new TV deal drops, though. But yeah, this is this is a good comforter spot. This is a good a good price for him because you don't want to overpay him. You don't want to overpay him. You don't want to overwork him. But yeah, but this actually this actually opened the door for our, for my favorite running back Joe Mixon for the Cincinnati Bengals that he can match this type of offer contract. That just that can be saved. That can be. He's not he's not, he not on this level yet, Clarence. Don't try to put Joe Mixon on. This. I like Joe Mixon, but he's not on this level yet. Where Derrick Henry is. Top five. Mixon's a top five running back, man. Believe he's, me not, not. he's not. He's not. He's not. That's another conversation for another day. But, yeah, but for Derrick Henry, though, I'm happy that he got this contract, and I and I think that you don't. Want, I feel like you just don't want to give him more. You don't want to keep giving him more and more, and he doesn't produce that contract. So I think this is fine for him. So you like the deal? You, you like you like the deal overall for Derrick? You like it overall for Derrick? You like the deal? Yeah, I like the deal. I like the deal. Okay, I completely agree with you. I think Derrick Henry earned this contract from from the Tennessee Titans. You know, last year. On the season, Derrick Henry, he won the rushing title last year. He had yeah. over 1,500 rushing yards last season, and he posted consecutive seasons of more than 1,000 rushing yards between 2018 and 2019. And of all the NFL running backs with at least 200 carries last year, Derrick Henry's rate of 5.1 yards per carry was the highest in the NFL. And last year, before the Titans got to the AFC Championship game, Derrick Henry accounted for 69% of the team's total offense. So Derrick Henry is the is, is the engine that keeps the Titans offense rolling. Okay, like he is the engine to the car. So let make no mistake about it. He's the best player on their offense by far. And I want to say some, one, one more other thing. I know last year, Ryan Tannehill had 22 touchdowns, just six interceptions. But you know, Ryan Tannehill also got paid this offseason. The reason why Ryan Tannehill got paid was because he rolled the legs of Derrick Henry to an AFC championship appearance. If it wasn't for Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill would have had no business being in the AFC championship game going up against Patrick Mahomes. Ryan Tannehill, I'm happy that he got his money. But I also believe next year, throughout the entire season, Clarence, the entire season, I think Ryan Tannehill should be paying for Derrick Henry's lunch. Every, every practice, after every practice, he should be taking him to lunch. Derrick Henry got Ryan Tannehill's contract. But when it comes to Derrick Henry as a player, I like the fact he's going to get $25 million guaranteed. I think he deserves to be in that elite running back conversation with Zeke Elliott, with 
Christian McCaffrey with Saquon Barkley. I think Derrick Henry proved himself last year in the playoffs as he steamrolled the Tennessee Titans to the AFC Championship game. I like Derrick Henry as a running back. He's a different kind of back, though, because I think he's not a great pass catcher out of the backfield like Saquon and Christian McCaffrey and Zeke, but he, he's, a, he, he's a power back that runs between the tackles. He runs hard, and he hits you in the mouth. I would hate to have to tackle Derrick Henry because he's hard to bring down. But I do agree with you that he deserves his contract, and I'm happy for him. Yeah, I just – yeah, yeah. For Derrick Henry, man, that's 6'3", 240 running at you, Trey. So he's built like a linebacker and a defensive end all put together. So you don't want to tackle no guy like that. You won't, you don't even want to look his way. And no. believe it or not, he runs tall. He's a tall guy. He's a tall guy that's powerful. And I think for, for him, he benefits the Tennessee Titans very – a lot, a lot. And – and you always say Ryan Tannehill doesn't des- like you. You feel like you really don't like feel like he doesn't deserve that contract. But he did well enough to get that contract, and it was up for the Titans to get to decide do they wanted him or not. So, but here's here's the catchy part though. Here's the catch part. Both of these players has has showed that they can they can lead lead a team. Now. Now they Wait, who, 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 who showed they can lead the team? Wait a minute. Well, hold no, on. I'm, I'm saying both of them. Ryan Tannehill they, and uh, Derrick Henry, they proved the Tennessee Titans and uh, the, the coaching staff, Mike Frable, that they can lead this Titans team to the to the glory world. Like, that's that they, that's what they're getting paid for. They're getting Ryan paid. Tannehill hasn't proven much. What are you talking about? Yes, he, he has. He's proved. Yeah, he said he's Look, Ryan Tannehill did his thing. He did his thing, Trey. He did his thing. He carried that team. To the end, he, he got traded. He bent Mariota got bent, and he came in and led the team to the AFC Championship with Derrick Henry. With with Derrick Henry, man, that's that's something that you just can't ignore. And now they're facing a higher risk. Now they're facing a higher risk now, and they got a high expectation on their head. Now they definitely have to compete every single year in the AFC South, which I truly believe that that's what they're going to do. I truly believe they're going to compete. Because they're getting paid elite money and they gotta produce elite numbers. Now I, I think they'll comp- I think they'll compete in the AFC South as well. But I like because I like Mike Vrabel as a head coach. He showed me him. something. Yeah, I love Mike Vrabel. He showed me something last year, and he showed me he can lead a team on a nice playoff run. They overachieved last year. I didn't expect the Tennessee Titans to make the run that they had last year. That was impressive for me. But I don't think Ryan Tannehill is a quarterback that you can say can lead your team to the Super Bowl. On his career, for his quarterback record, he's 500, 49 and 49. Six years in Miami, he went 42 and 46. He's not a quarterback that can lead you to a Super Bowl, in my opinion. I think he roared the coattails of Derrick Henry last year. If it wasn't for Derrick Henry, the Tennessee Titans would not have been in the AFC Championship game last season. But I want to say this real quick about the Tennessee Titans as a team. I like them in the AFC South because I believe they're really making some strides and I got big expectations for them next season. I don't think they're going to win a Super Bowl or even get back to the AFC Championship because I don't believe in Ryan Tannehill, but I think they can go on a nice playoff run next year and maybe get to the to the AFC, AFC division around the playoffs, and, and we'll see what happens. But do I expect them to beat Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson or Deshaun Watson? I, I don't see that happen. Yeah, that that it's going to be a challenge, Trey. I will, I'm not going not gonna to doubt them, but it's going to definitely be a challenge for them. Well, let's move on, man. Let's go. Let's move on. Let's transition back to some NBA, baby. We're gonna talk about Russell Westbrook was ranked 22nd in the in the top 100s of Bleachers Report rankings. 22nd. Oh my gosh, Trey. 
do you do you believe Russell Wilson is do you believe that number that he's ranked at 22nd? Hell no. <laughs> of yeah. course not. They, oh, they, they, okay. they, they like they completely lost all their credibility with me. Yeah. You ranked Russell Westbrook the 22nd best player in the NBA. Hold Are on. You... Oh, and then they ranked Chris Middleton and Jason Tatum in front of him. Yes. Like what? Like Chris Middleton. He's not even a top ten player in the NBA. He's no. Not. Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton is not better than Kyrie Irving. Chris Middleton is not better than Steph Curry. He he's not better than James Harden or Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard. I could go on. I mean, I don't even think Chris Middleton is a reliable second option on a championship team. That's he's why I don't a top believe. fifteen guy. But top he's ten, top, he maybe 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 top fifteen. But I don't even believe him as being a reliable second option on a championship team. I don't think the Bucs are going to win a championship this year. I don't. I think. I think Chris Middleton is a great three op, third option. Like I think he, he could fill that role that Chris Bosh filled with the Miami Heat when LeBron and D Wade was in South Beach. I think nah. he, he, he's more fit for that role, or maybe maybe even a, a um I, like like a third piece to a championship team, like a Draymond Green. Because Dray, well, Draymond didn't even know third piece really. Draymond's a he's a he's a he's a. <laughs> He does. He's an all-around player, but I just I don't think he's a reliable second option as a on a championship. Team. I just for Chris Middleton for Chris Middleton though, like him ranked over Russell Westbrook is crazy though. It's crazy, and I can't admit Chris Middleton had some strides in last season before this pandemic hit. That when Giannis wasn't playing, he he was showing that he can put up put up big numbers without Giannis. That he can show that he's a reliable source for them, but. Russell Wilson ranked too low, twenty second. Westbrook, mean, Westbrook. Yeah, Westbrook. Westbrook is ranked ranked too like ranked too low. Like, I mean, what twenty second? I, I people is ignoring for the people is ignoring the fact that this man averaged a triple double three straight years, and it was 30, 10, and ten. 30, 10, and ten. He was still dropping. He was still dropping 30, 30 points with ten rebounds. Sometimes 15 rebounds, 15 assists, whatever. What he yeah. brought to the table is brilliant. What he brought to the table was fierce and skilled athlete that can stretch the floor. They, oh, my God. I'm starting to get a headache because I can't believe he's ranked 27, Trey. I can't believe he's ranked 27. I can't either. Uh, they, got Cal, they got Cal Lowry ranked over Russell Westbrook. Kyle Lowry isn't Cal. better than Russell Westbrook. Now, <laughs> Russell Westbrook. Kyle <laughs> Lowry is one of them type of guys. He's tough. He's a pit bull tough, and he's a great. He's actually a he's actually a knockdown shooter, and he's, he's very a very good facilitator. But I would not put him over Russell Westbrook. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. I would. I would not. I would dare not to. I, like Russell Wilson. Russell Westbrook. Well, excuse me. I keep saying Wilson. Russell Westbrook. Brody yeah. is like legitimate like he's really like a, a, mo, a like a superstar make a superstar with with these other guys like what he brings to the table like jason tatum and chris chris middleton or even kyle larry came to do that's ridiculous yeah. I, please tell me the last time you seen jason tatum get at least five assists at least five assists tell me the last time you seen chris middleton get five assists at least what's russell getting five assists in the first quarter the first six minutes of the game that's how yeah. That's how like like good he is as a player, man. This is ridiculous. Bleach and is then he, it ain't it ain't even just that though. I'm looking at the list right now. They got they got Luka Doncic and, and Jokic ranked higher than Anthony Davis. 
Jokic is not better than Anthony Davis. He's not. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, Jokic uh, ain't better than uh, Anthony hey, Davis. Hey, 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 hey. Jokic is a walking triple-double. Luka is a walking triple-double, man. You got to be, look. But what Luka brings to that Dallas team is excitement, shooting, oh, man, deep deep shots, man, dribbling, ball handling, rebound, you name it, man. I like Luka. Luka has a promising future, but Luka's not better than AD. He's not, he's not better than, okay, let's go back to guards. Luka is not better than Damian Lillard. He's not better than Damian Lillard. <laughs> like Luke, Damian, better. I, I, I think Luka brings more than brings more to the table than Damian Lillard, though. Not, Rebounding, passing. Who's, who's more proven? Damian's more proven than Luka, but Luka's only a rookie. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So th- first of all, that's a bad comparison. That question, like, but okay, who is the next guard? Luka ain't better than. Um, I don't think Luca is better than I don't. I just I would pick a few. Luca's nice. I like Luca as a player, but it's a couple players I would pick over him. Damian Lillard, one of them. I, I would pick Anthony Davis over him as well. And then, like I said, they got Chris Middleton at at ten. I don't think Chris Middleton is really all that better than Jason Tatum. But uh, what do you say to that? I think Jason yeah. Tatum is yeah, Jason I, I, Tatum I, is a superstar in the making. Yeah, Jason Tatum is like is more proven than uh. Is more proven than uh and Chris Middleton, in my opinion, because in this rookie year, like you like remember that he led them, he helped lead them to the uh, NBA finals. Him, Scary Terry, and Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart. That was and that was a nice setup that they had. And he almost beat the one and only LeBron James. He would have broke his streak for most finals appearance in the NFL since Bill Russell now. Bill Russell Celtics from six in the sixties. I think yeah, I think Tatum would have been should have been over Chris Middleton. I think Me too. Chris Middleton, what what what's different about him? He can play defense. He's a good defender. He can guard the three and the fours. He's a good. Yeah. He's, he's a solid defender. He's very effective. But his game compared to Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum brings more to it, man. He, he brings more to it than Chris Middleton, bro. Yeah, and the, I mean, I, I, I'll give Chris Middleton his credit. I think Chris Middleton is a nice player. And I think he's he, he can be a third option on a championship contender. You the know, three, this, he's a shooter. this year, this year he's averaging 21 points per game on 50% shooting from the floor, 41, 42% from three-point range. I like Chris Middleton as a player. I'm not saying Chris Middleton's a scrub. Make no mistake about it. Neither yeah, he's not no scrub. scrub. Yeah, he's not no scrub. I just I think it's levels to this. And I don't think Chris Middleton is anywhere close to a superstar potential player. I see superstar potential. And Jason Tatum, I see superstar potential in Luca. I, I give Luca credit on that from that standpoint, but I just think it's crazy to have Brody ranked twenty second. It's disrespectful, yeah. quite so, honestly. So that leads into our next question of wise guy: Do you believe Russell Westbrook is a top ten point player in the NFL? I mean, NBA? Top ten player? That's that's tough. I think he's in that conversation. Uh, is he in that conversation? He and that Brody is in that conversation. And, uh, and, and, and by the way, by the way, man, get well soon, Brody, because we know Brody came down with the virus, man, down there. You know, we, we, we don't need to get well soon and be able to help the Houston well, Rockets on a nice on a nice playoff run. But it's tough, man. I would have to think about it. Like, I'm going to say I'm going to say the guys who are for sure better than Russell Westbrook right now. OK. LeBron James. Obviously. Kawhi Leonard. OK. Anthony Davis. I'm taking AD over Russ right now. I'm taking AD over Russ. Giannis. To which, he, to which he's having a good season, and he's yeah. on his way to another final, on his way yeah. to a final. Okay, and, and mind you, I'm just let, let, so everybody clear. I'm only talking about this season. 
This year. This season, yeah. This season. LeBron, Kawhi, Giannis, AD, James Harden. I think I think Russell was the second best player on his team. I think James Harden is the best player on the Houston Rockets. Uh, who else I would say? That's where it, after that, after that, it gets interesting. What about Luca? I'm taking Russ over Luca. You taking Russ over Luca? I'm taking Russ over Luca. I need to, I need to see. I gotta see Luca in the playoffs. We gotta yeah. see what we are gonna get from Luca in the playoffs. I, that's, that's valid though. But if, for Luka, if, I got another one for you. I got another one for you. If he's if he was healthy and playing, and if his team was playing in the playoffs this year, I would take Steph over Russ right now because Steph obviously is more accomplished than Russell Westbrook and. He's got he's won championships, you know, for, See, for, the, for the Warriors. About that though, about that though, for Steph Curry though, he's Russ bring more tape, bring Russ brings more, brings more to the table than Steph Curry. And but I agree. Steph- I agree. I agree with that. But I do I, the only problem, not to cut you off. The problem that I have with Russ is Clarence, he hasn't been out in the first round since Kevin Durant departed Oklahoma City. Okay. That's the only problem I have with Russell Westbrook. Okay. If Russell Westbrook was if he was able to get the the, the Oklahoma City Thunder, at least to the second round or the conference finals after Kevin Durant left, I think we would view him higher on the NBA best players list. Okay. Is he better? Would you pick Damian Lillard over Russ? Yes. Okay. What about? Yes, because I've seen Dame ball out against Russ last year in the playoffs. Dame, he sent Russell Westbrook and Paul George. He sent them packing out of Oklahoma City. Hey, <laughs> hey you want to know something? You want to know something crazy? It was, uh, th- th- I think the Thunder won game one, right? They won game one and against the Portland Trailblazers. And, oh, my God. And Westbrook, Damian Lillard said in a press conference that, that Russell Westbrook came past him and just said, I've been busting your ass for years. And that fired up Damian yeah. Lillard. And he, yeah. and he hit that game shot on uh, Paul George and just have him bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs> and he <laughs> sent them back and out of, he sent them Packing out of Oklahoma City, he sent them home, and they Oklahoma City. Obviously, having a good year this year with Chris Paul and Stephen Adams and, and Billy Donovan. I like what Oklahoma City is doing. They are a top-notch organization in the NBA. I think the Oklahoma City Thunder they always playoff contenders. They never just fold the tent and just let's just tank and prepare for the NBA draft and, and have a top-five draft pick. Oklahoma City always playoff contenders. But only issue yeah. I got with Russell Westbrook, he hasn't been on the first round since Kevin Durant left Oklahoma City, and he's inconsistent. At shooting his three point shots, he yeah. that's my problem with Russ. That's the only issue I got with Russ because I believe Russell Westbrook is box office. I love watching Russell Westbrook play night in and night out because he gives you 110% effort, like his his motor never stops, he's always going at 100 miles per hour. And that's but you could also make an argument that's part of the reason why he struggles in the playoffs because he doesn't he doesn't know how to re- calm down and run the offense and have it flowing. For his team to be successful, yeah, I think for Russell Westbrook though, he he gives you all the peace that you love out of him, but he just needs the right. I just feel like he needs the right staff and the right player, not the right players, the staff to like help him more, let the game come to him because he he's a beast, man. But he's a yeah. beast. Yeah, he's a beast, man. But he, he definitely but damn, but damn. Let's transition to NFL real quick because earlier today, AJ Green he signed his franchise tender for $18.2 million. So he's going to be with the Bengals for this upcoming season, but he'll be a free agent next year. So what did you what did you make of AJ Green signing his franchise tender for $18.2 million a day? 
first, well, I was disappointed that they couldn't get a deal done by Wednesday. It, it, it just seemed so obvious that they wasn't getting a deal done by uh, Wednesday. But now he playing out his season. He's going to report to training camp. And they go they go negotiate the this uh, contracts after the season. But I think this is a plus. We got AJ Green back, Trey. Look, Trey, I'm so excited we got AJ Green back. I'm so excited because listen, we drafted Joe Burrow, and AJ Green is going to benefit from Burrow because AJ Green is. I ain't gonna lie, he's easily top five. He's not on top three receiver no more. So I had to let, I had to realize that. But he's easily top five receiver in NFL. Like. He's gonna benefit Burrow's gonna benefit for him so much because he's gonna need those catches that if he needs him to bail him out, he's gonna benefit him. But for AJ getting this sign this uh franchise tag for 18.2 million dollars, that puts him in a that puts him in the top five uh highest paid um highest paid receiver right now as as we speak. And I'm so excited. Me and Cam was talking about like I'm so excited for AJ to be back. A- and Cam was saying. Uh, I'm, I don't care if he's here for a year. I'm excited. First of all, shout out to Cam. For, uh, shout out to Cam Chancellor for time out with Coach Cam. So we're, yeah. we're excited, Trey. We're excited. Now, AJ, make us legitimate contenders if everything goes to get, everything goes goes right. Y'all not contenders. Look, I'm telling you. Yeah, <laughs> what no. are y'all, y'all, y'all be contending for the fourth spot in the AFC North. Y'all yeah. not contenders. <laughs> no, I'm going to tell you this. If the defense, if the, we, we, believe it or not, we probably, on paper, a top 15 defense in the league. Top 15. Okay. I'll be honest. Okay. I can, I can, I can see it, it. When it comes to A.J. Green, A.J. Green obviously is a seven-time Pro Bowl receiver, three-time second-team All-Pro receiver. He was on the all-rookie team in 2011. I know A.J. Green is, is a great receiver when he's healthy. On his career, he has over 8,000 receiver yards. He's close to 9,000 receiver yards for his career. 602 receptions, 63 total touchdowns in his career. I know A.J. Green, when he's healthy, he is an elite receiver. But that's the problem, Clarence. He hasn't been healthy since the 2017 season. And that year he had over 1,000 receiving yards, 75 receptions, eight touchdowns. But for the most part, in the 2018 season, he didn't play the entire year. And then last year he didn't play at all. The only question I have about A.J. Green is if he is healthy or not. And I think your Bengals actually made a mistake. I believe they should have traded AJ Green away, like last, like Are two years me? ago. Two, two, yes, two years ago because they were Are rebuilding. You, you, they were rebuilding, and I believe if you're rebuilding, you have to to have that Patriot mindset. We're going to trade you a year early rather than a year too late. I think AJ Green's best days are behind him. I don't think he's still going to be playing at that elite level that you believe he's going to be playing at. You got to think Joe Burrow is going to go through a developmental stage. Joe Burrow is not going to be playing at an elite level for the fir- first few years of his career. I think A.J. Green, he's basically in Cincinnati to sell tickets because we know A.J., when he's healthy, he can, he can produce. But I think his best days are behind him. I don't think he's still that elite receiver that you think he is. Ridiculous, man. Ridiculous thinking all that, Trey. He's that's injury prone. He's injury prone. Me. That's ridiculous, man. Let me tell you this. Burrow's going to bring – is going to sell tickets because Andy Dalton is not the quarterback no more. Big shout-out to Andy Dalton because he had a great year. I mean, not a great year. He had his good times in Cincinnati, but it was time to move on. But I'm telling you this. A.G. Green is going to help 
Go help. Bur Look, nobody is expecting Burrow to be elite in the next three years. We know he's going to be in the developing stage. We know that's going to take three years for him to be elite quarterback. We know that, Trey. We know yeah. that. But A.J. Green is going to benefit that because he's going to help them get be a better quarterback. And I truly believe A.J. Green it can get, like, 80 catches, 1,000 yards, and five touchdowns. Hell, I'll take that. We, we, we'll talk about it next week on the show. Everybody remember going to follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. Real quick, Clans, any plans this weekend? Anything big? Uh, nope, no, no, no plans. Working on the weekend and relaxing. Have a good weekend, bro. <laughs> I'm going to have Trey Mirror. Have a good one. Yes, sir. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.